and welcome to the second episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, and I'm accompanied by my co-worker, Robert Kowalski, again. Uh, we had such a great time last week talking sports and NFL and college football. And with the big wildcard weekend coming up, we figured we'd get together again and do the same thing. So without further ado, how are you doing, Robert? Ali, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Let's definitely roll it right on back. Yeah, so let's do a quick recap of last weekend's games before we go into this weekend's games, because obviously there was tons of playoff implications. Uh, let's start with the Steelers, who literally went from having less than 2% chance of reaching the playoffs to now giving Big Ben another another chance to make a playoff run. Um, I don't know how far he'll get since they got to go against the Chiefs this weekend, but uh you know, going into a Sunday, if you were to tell me that the Steelers would be the last team in the playoffs after they needed literally like four or five things to go right for them, I would not have agreed with you. What do you think? I think that one of the most incredible results, not only, well, so of course it includes them, but if I told you that the Indianapolis Colts at 11 and four were not going to make the playoffs, how much odds would you have given me? Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> I will say in, in my pick em pools and we pick against the spread, I had picked the Jaguars. I mean, the spread was something ridiculous, like 16 or whatever. Um, but I remember saying to my friends, you know what? The Colts just have a thing about choking. And I was like, I, I've, I've watched them all year. I've watched them lose in situations where they should have won. I'm like, I actually won't be surprised if somehow – Jacksonville pulls off the upset, but there was no way I would was going to take Jacksonville's money line. So my, if you were to ask me odds about that, I <laughs> I would say probably like the Steelers. I'd say, oh, there's a less than two percent chance that yes. they miss the playoffs. Yes, <laughs> it's just it was it, and I watched. You know, I had my TV on red zone watching everything that that uh, weekend and everything. And once the Colts fell behind, I was like even in, you know, the first quarter, I was like, that's it. They're not coming back. Like there, there's no way, you know, Jonathan Taylor is not, you know, running up the yardage. And when you have to put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, I've seen enough from him on his Eagles teams of, you know, for, unfortunately against my giants, but I was like, they're not going to come back. They're not going to win this. But on the other hand, I thought that the Ravens were going to handle the Steelers. Um, they outgained them. They looked better. They looked like they were the superior team, even with Tyler Huntley at QB. So when I saw the game go into OT, I was like, wow, I, I don't know how Pittsburgh won that game. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. No doubt. No doubt. I, I've, I've got a feeling that with everything that it's played out in, you know, the wild card playoffs that are to come. Uh, the Steelers got to feel like they're, you know, playing with house money. Uh, and I, I got a feeling that they're going to be as loose a team as can be this weekend. So we'll, 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 we'll cover that one just a little bit, but I've, I've got a feeling that we're going to see some, uh, a far closer result in some of these games than, um, than others might think. Yeah, good point. Well, we are going to get to all the picks and analysis for all the games later on. Um, it just, you know, this is what I, I love this year, this uh, time of year for football. It just there's so much to dissect, so much to get into that you, there's never enough time. Um, but yeah, let's go into the huge games from last weekend. Uh, you know, before we get into 
probably the craziest game regular season game I've ever seen in the Chargers and the Raiders. Let's start with the other dog both you and I had, and that's the Niners coming back from a 17-point deficit and beating the Rams in OT. What did you think of that game? Yeah, I, I, you and I both discussed this last week, and we both thought that the Niners were uh, not only a, a live dog to cover, but just an outright win. Uh, and why do we come up with that? Well, because we thought that their ball control is going to be superior. And yeah, they dug themselves into you know quite the crater, uh, and then eventually found them, you know, found a little hole, got out and uh, ended up winning the game, which was, you know, pretty much decided with that interception there at the very end. I got to think that with the performance that they put on against the Rams, that they might be the, well, the, the choice, the hottest pick that the public may want to take a look at, you know, not only from, you know, this coming weekend, but perhaps even from a futures perspective. I know that in our future book, we could take a look at that later on as well. We took, uh, you know, quite a good handsome chunk on uh, futures right after the 49ers game here at the book at Baldini's up in Reno. And so uh, it's, it's become quite a popular pick, of course, you know, being uh, so close to the Bay Area, we knew that was going to come immediately when the result was coming in. Uh, great underdog win, without a doubt, Allie. Yeah. Um, and even, even watching that game, I mean, you couldn't change the channel. It was just so much going on. Um, when, when Jimmy G threw that interception to Ramsey, uh, you know, and that there was that missed call where Jimmy G just got hit in the head and should have been roughing the passer. When the Rams ran that, what took that drive and scored that touchdown, I literally said to myself, I don't, that that's it. I don't think that the Niners are coming back from this because I think when you got to put the ball in Jimmy G's hands, it's not the most sure thing. He's not a guy that's like the Tom Brady or the Aaron Rodgers that you could count on in the two minute drill. The Niners are a run first team, you know, behind Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel and Jeff Wilson and whoever they hand the ball off to. But, and I have a lot of Niners fans. Everyone was saying after the game that they couldn't believe the game, the performance that Jimmy G did. And I I'm like with you, I think that it's going to be a hot pick. It's one of my hot picks this week. Well, just to give a little preview, but I really like the Niners. And I think Jimmy G proved a lot of naysayers wrong, especially this season when people were clamoring for Trey Lance to start to take over and how Jimmy G must be done. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed with him. Yeah. As was I, I think, uh, uh, all the Trey Lance talk has to take a back seat for a while. I mean, it, they're in the playoffs. They, they've gotten themselves into a great spot uh, at a championship run with a quarterback that's been uh, very capable. At not only forget about the whole game management thing, but he can make passes. He can he can throw the he can throw a deep ball. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and with the way the running attack goes, uh, you know. Let's not forget about Debo Samuel. The guy's just simply unstoppable. I've never seen a weapon like him in, well, I don't know, years. No, no. And I know that like they would try to build, build it up in fantasy this year about Kaderil Patterson for Atlanta, but he was right, right. most weeks. But I mean, Debo, that guy, I, I don't know if there's anything he can't do. I think he, you know, he can pass, he can, he <laughs> yes, can he run, can. he can catch like that's their MVP right there. And it's going to be tough for deep, like as a defense, how do you shut the guy down? He can go out to, you know, the slot receiver. He can be a deep threat. He can, you know, take the wildcat. Like he, he can really do anything. And I think that's their X factor. And in any matchup that 
the Niners are going to have against any teams in the NFC playoffs. And then, you know, if they make it to the Super Bowl, defenses have to scheme around him. And th- that's really tough to do. Allie with a foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, you know, um, I, you know, a few years ago when they were in the, the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, I mean, I had the Chiefs winning that game, but I, I think that's what they were missing. They were missing that X factor and, you know, not saying that they'll necessarily go all the way to the Super Bowl this year, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's the playoffs. Anything could happen. But, um, yeah, not to get too far ahead of ourselves in uh, forecasting, but let us talk about that crazy Sunday night game that just didn't want to end <laughs> with the Raiders and the Chargers. I mean, I don't know how – I think my mouth was just agape after – Justin Herbert threw that tying touchdown at the end of regulation. I was monitoring two of my fantasy leagues, which we played the daily fantasy and we draft per weekend. And I was winning first place in both of them. And then Mike Williams caught that touchdown pass and I slid out of the top two spots. uh, my, My opponents had both Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. And I mean, I was just, that, that game was crazy. I just let me get your thoughts on that first. So if let, let's go straight to overtime. Uh, with a score tied, are you calling a timeout there, Allie? Because I don't know if, I mean, you don't really have to there, you know. No. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, that shocked me when, when, um, when, he, when, uh, when the Chargers called a timeout. I literally was like, are they trying to get the ball back and win? They're not just going to let the time run out and settle for the tie and go straight into, you know, the playoffs. And, you know, I know these two guys, these two teams are rivals, but that just strategically that, that just baffled me. I mean, you give the Raiders a a chance to take time and to drop a play. And, you know, we all saw it. They gave it to Jacobs who got them right in field goal range. And I was just, I was baffled that they called the timeout. I, I couldn't believe it. I think that um, no, no matter how many times Brandon Staley says, you know, he's, he's doing this to get his best run defenders on the field. I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, the guy's brought in to, to run a team. Uh, he's, he's got coordinators that he hires, but ultimately that, that timeout fell on him. And again, I just, you're, you're in the playoffs. That's all I have to say. It's just, I, I don't, I don't think that he's going to hear the end of this for a, a, a while. No. And I totally respect the thing, you know, you play to win the game. Like I'm one that I don't believe in tanking. I was rooting for my giants to win any game, no matter what, like toward the end of the year, but we lost painfully every single one of them. And, but that's just kind of the instance that it's like, uh, do we play to win or we just play to not lose? And I, I, I'm with you, Bradley, calling that timeout. But I think it also overshadowed one of the few less talked about moves he made was, I think it was early in the third, and they had like a fourth and one or fourth and two deep in their own territory, and they went for it, and Eckler got stuffed. And, you know, you gave the Raiders the ball, I think, on the Chargers, what it was it, like the 19-yard line, 20-yard line? Right, right. Right. Set him exactly. up for a field goal, I think. But I was just like, you just gave points away. Right. In, in, in a close game. 
And I think that got overshadowed, fortunately for Bradley, by the timeout. But there were some moves he made the whole game that I'm like, he's he's just putting his team in a position to lose. And and it's a shame, again, I think that the team was definitely championship caliber. There's oh, talent yeah. everywhere, but it was it was just mismanaged from, from the top down. If, if Staley was brought in as, you know, the defensive mind that he was, well, I mean, the, the record doesn't lie. You could see it was one of the poorest defenses in the entire league. So I, I think either go back to being what you were as a defensive coordinator, you know, with, with the Rams or, you know, let the people do what they, you know, what they're paid to do. Yeah, that was, that was really, I'm still baffled by that game. It, it you know, I was actually watching a little bit of a repeat on the NFL Network the other day. And even now you ask me, I'm like, the Chargers were the better team between the Raiders and themselves. It's just they made the wrong moves. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and but then in the end, Ali, we, we took a look at it from a betting perspective. Right. Oh, another underdog win. It, it was. And that was another <laughs> team, you know, I leaned money line and even. Yes. In my own personal betting, I did take the, the Raiders, both money line and the cover. And, you know, I would have settled fine with the tie because at least they would have covered. But that was a game I'm sure, you know, people that had Chargers money lines were just ripping up their tickets in disgust afterwards. Yes, they were very much so. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's like one thing you lose a money line bet on a tie because you're like, oh, well, who was ever going to predict that, you know, this game was going to end in a tie? But to lose like that, yeah, I just feel bad for Chargers backers. But um, let's move on to just some a quick recap, just some of the other games we had. Um, Chiefs failed to cover. You know, the, when, when I was watching that game on Saturday, because I think both you and I were leaning Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs just didn't come out with any desire to win. Like, it was just – it was, it was kind of like a, a mailing game. I should have known it better. The Broncos were playing – with nothing to lose, but that's where I always say the, the two hardest weekends to bet. It was always the first weekend of the season and the last weekend of the season. Cause you don't know what teams show up. You don't know what teams, you know, just play like, Hey, we have nothing to lose for. Um, Cause still going back, if you were to ask me, am I going to take points with Drew Locke or rely on Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey under Andy Reid? I would say, yeah, I'm taking Mahomes and Kelsey. And even though Hill was out like that team. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think too, that just that game stayed in my head too. And it's going to affect how I bet the chiefs going forward. Um, and it's kind of been like how I've, I've seen the chiefs all year. It's we, a lot of betters still have the chiefs of the past two, three years in their mind. And this isn't a chiefs team. That's going to necessarily dominate the competition. Like they have, it's not a chiefs team that we saw, you know, fall behind four touchdowns a few years ago to the to the Deshaun Watson and the Texans and come back. Um, I think the Chiefs are really vulnerable this year. What do you think? I do. I do too. We know. I mean, if you take a look at the last two seasons, Kansas City, yeah, sure they win, but they just don't cover the spread. Right. Uh, I think they went eight and nine against the spread this year, uh, and that's not really, you know, I, I wouldn't call it as an indicative of figure to figure out who's going to win the Super Bowl or not. But from a, um, a betting perspective, well, I mean, it means everything. I, I got to take a look at, there were um, actually some years where uh, the vast majority of the recent Super Bowl champions, they've been pretty darn good against the spread. 
Right. Uh, you know, going back to the 2019 season, the Chiefs actually covered very well. I think they were 13-5-1, and one, if I read correctly earlier in the week. And they were, uh, you know, the, they had the best record against the spread. Not so much this year at all. And yeah, look, I'm not going to go back and say, you know, we were – we weren't really figuring out how to handicap the game correctly in week 18. I still think that today, if we looked at it again, I still would take your side. I don't, I didn't think that Drew Locke really had, uh, you know, much, much to do, you know, with anything other than to end the season. Uh, but that's the way Kansas city played too. And they really didn't need the win. And so they did what they had to do, you know, to get in and out, be healthy and uh, move on to uh, the next, you know, the next week. Yeah, so let's use that as a good segue to start, um, you know, looking at the matchups this week and while we're on the Chiefs and everything. When the Lions came, and we talked about the Steelers earlier, when the Lions came out and I saw the 13-point spread, that's one of, like, the spreads that I'm just like, oh, what do I do with this? Like, <laughs> like for me, I'm like, you know, originally it's like, yeah, I want to take points with the Steelers, but let's not, like, just because the, the Steelers got lucky – this weekend doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that they're still a mediocre team that struggles on offense. I mean, you look at the game that they won against the Ravens in overtime, they were playing with like a B squad Ravens team, you know, not just on the offensive front, but the Ravens have been one of the most hobbled teams on defense all year. And they still barely got, you know, points on the board against them and they needed OT to win. And you look at the Monday night game before, you know, yes, it was a lot of emotion because it was, probably Big Ben's last home start. But besides the Najee Harris touchdown run at the end, again, it was a team that struggled against a bad Browns. I mean, I don't want to say bad Browns team, but a mediocre Browns team to put points on the board. Right. So, you know, what do you think of this, Fred? So I, I, and this is great that you, you started off by saying you really didn't know what to do with it. So I, I'll pose to you this, Allie. Mm-hmm. Let's say the line went all the way up to 14. Are you buying Pittsburgh? Still not buying Pittsburgh. 16 okay. points. Then, I, yeah, when it, when it gets into the, the three scores, then I got a lean underdog. Okay. So if we take a look back on, so the last time they played was on the 26th of December. Kansas City was a 10-point favorite. They were with a very limited Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey was out. And Kansas City was up 36 points in the fourth quarter. So both are back. Uh, Roethlisberger was recorded yesterday as not exactly inspiring confidence. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. I think he said something like, you know, out of the 14 teams I think are in, uh, we're probably number 14. Uh, We're probably 20-point underdogs. So eh, tongue-in-cheek. You know, so I, I, I got a feeling that, again, you know, calling back to the start of our show, you know, they're probably playing with house money. They'll probably be playing quite loose. But the reality here is, you know, we talked about Kansas City's record against the spread. They're going to be, you know, fully loaded, everyone healthy. I, I really don't think that this is going to be much of a match, even at halftime, Allie. Right. Uh, so the, the 12 and a half, I, I really went up higher. I opened it uh, 13, 13 and a half. And there haven't been too many bites at Pittsburgh, even at that number, which makes me think that it's the right number, despite all the 12 and a halfs out there. So um, you know, that's, that's kind of my lean right there, just from a bookmaking perspective. And I, I guess, like you said, um, 
not quite enough to take, uh, but I don't know, maybe enough to lay. Yeah, I am with you on that. You know, I wrote in my blog um, that we posted on Zen Sports as well. You know, when I was providing my analysis for all the games this weekend, I said, you know, I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. I, I, I will lay the points. There's always that possibility of the garbage time touchdowns and getting that bad beat. But there's just I'd rather, you know, take my shot with the better team at home then rely on a team that scraped into the playoffs. That's not a good team and just got blown out. Like you said, by this team a few weeks ago, like it wasn't like that game wasn't even close. And the Steelers putting 10 points on that, on the board for that. I mean, they had a garbage time touchdown within the, like the last minute of the game. So it's like, you can't even count that. So it, this is one of those games where I'm personally not going to lay any bets down besides in my pools where, you know, you got to pick a team. But it, yeah, it's just one of those games you're like, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a fun game to bet. <laughs> well, the public generally loves to see lots of points. So if anyone would like to follow a streak here on this match, uh, Kansas City's rolling five in a row over the total. Uh, and currently it's sitting anywhere. You could probably find a 46 out there, uh, mostly 46 and a half. But, you know, that's basically what we're looking at right now as far as uh, any kind of a, a trendy streak to follow. Yeah. And you, I'm glad you brought up the over under because I wanted to talk about that, too. Like this is another thing where it's like, you know, at first glance at the over under, I always look at that when I don't necessarily like the, mo the money line or the uh, the spread. I'm just like, OK, 46. Sure. But what can Pittsburgh score? You know, is this going to be another type of, you know, blowout where Kansas City? Yeah, they'll put up 30 something points, but Pittsburgh gets maybe two field goals or a touchdown. So. You know, it's it's just another game. I, I know that um, when I was looking at the opening line, I think it opened at 48 and now it's sitting at 46. But this is just one of those caveat uh, betting games. I'm just like, eh, you know, bet it if you want. I'm not taking side. I mean, I'm not putting my any of my money on risking any of this. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Well, let's get into one of the at least one game I'm really excited for this weekend, um, and that's to kick things off on Saturday. And we were just talking about the Raiders. So let's go back to them. But a team that I've been calling a sleeper since probably the first or second week of the season, the Bengals. And I really like this team. I've I've liked this team in preseason. Um, I was a big Joe Burrow fan when he was at LSU. I thought that he was most deserving of the number one pick in the draft. When they drafted Jamar Chase back in April, I was like, that's the perfect duo for them to reunite. Um, I know a lot of people jumping on the Raiders, but I think that's just the knee jerk reaction to what they saw on Sunday night. Cause when I looked at the line and it opened at six and a half, and I think now it's all the way down to four and a half or five in some places. I'm like, I'm taking the Bengals. Like, for me, this is a no-brainer, but it seems like a lot of the, the a lot of the bets are going the Raiders' direction. What do you think? Right, yeah, it's a great point. So you take a look at the opening line. We did open at six and a half, and the total uh, was high. It was about forty-nine and a half. So, uh, what do we look at when you know the game opens up? You know, we have uh, a line that gets set, and the first thing that I noticed was uh, a really good pop from. Uh, a sharp opinion on the Raiders. And so I started to look a little bit deeper and I said, well, so was this one of that, just a, a knee jerk, you know, 
you know, let's look at the most current result or do we have something far, far deeper? And then I said, yeah, you know what? I definitely offered way too many points on the Bengals. Now, do I think the Bengals will win? I, I think their odds are set correctly now, uh, but, but not as much of a favorite as they were. We got two quarterbacks making their first playoff start, two head coaches making their first playoff start, and some really significant freezing temperatures that are being forecasted. Uh, and when you take a look at that, you know, I, I just don't think that there really is a six point difference between these two teams. You know, when the Bengals are high flying and everything is you know, over the top, they could hang with anybody, anyone. Right. I just don't expect this with the front four of the Raiders being able to generate pressure just on their own and then get some good coverage back on Chase and company. So I, I, I well, at the same time, you know, Carr, historically, his ceiling isn't really, you know, that high either in cold weather. Uh, you know, so it, it's going to probably lead towards one of those, you know, slower paced. And actually, if you take a look at it, you know, from a betting perspective in the first half, um, maybe this is one where you take a look at, you know, playing total in the first half, uh, just because of the freezing temperatures that are being forecasted and all of the uh, maybe conservative play calls that we might see in the opening 12 minutes or so. Yeah, no, I'm right with you. I always say too. um, my favorite bet of the year is when I go to Vegas for March Madness and always that first game that tips off at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. I always take the first half under always. And, and usually it never fails me because you get two teams that, you know, have the jitters. It's the first, you know, game of the March Madness tournament. In this case, it's the first playoff game for Burrow. It's first playoff game for Carr because he was injured the last time the Ra- the Raiders made the playoffs. And I'm right with you on that first half under. Like I- I'm I'm grabbing that in in all my bets that I make this weekend. Um I re- I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, so if if you're looking of course, you know, you're looking at your key numbers, if you find a 24 and a half, you know, clearly you know, that's, that's a great, great spot, you know, but at this point you're probably still seeing 24s, which, you know, like you just do the math, it's three touchdowns and a field goal is a push. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that there's going to be uh, any significant scoring happening in, in the first half. So that would be my lean as well there, Allie. Right. And I was actually watching um, some, some uh, NFL network this morning and they were talking about the game. And uh, one of the Bengals play-by-play announcers was on, I forget his name, but um, he made a good point that the last time these two teams met and the Raiders lost by double digits, I think, I think Cincinnati won like 32, 18 or something like that. And it was one of Joe Burrow's least effective games. I think he only threw for 148 yards. Joe Mixon though, however, ran for 130. Um, I think he had two touchdowns. And, you know, that is what gives me the edge is, you know, Joe Mixon's a guy that's been with the Bengals for years. He has that experience, you know, unlike Josh Jacobs, who's also making his first playoff appearance. And, you know, on paper, you would say, well, Mixon does have the edge and gives that edge to the Bengals. But something I think we're discounting is I've never seen Joe Burrow rattled or faced. Like, like this guy, this is a guy that, went into the national championship game in college and just completely blew it out of the, like it was that his, his, his game was spectacular. 
And it's like he thrives under pressure that even though this is his first career playoff start, I don't think he gets rattled like a, a, a Derek Carr does. So that's why, you know, my, me personally, I'm leaning to lay the points with the Bengals because I think Burrow, Burrow has ice in his veins and he does well in this weather coming up that's really chilly and cold. Um, that's my pick. Uh, what do you think? I would probably lean more towards the uh, total uh, in, in the way I'm looking at how this game projects out. Uh, I definitely respect your handicapping here, though, uh, without a doubt. You know, I, I haven't seen much of, uh, of a flinch from Burrow at all um, since his first, you know, since his first game as a, as a professional. So I don't think that there's going to be uh, much of uh, a pushback on anyone that wants to take the Bengals to advance here. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I think it's going to be uh, one of those games where uh, it'll, it'll be a lot closer towards uh, – the late third uh, and then early fourth quarter where we start to see them pull away. But I, I honestly think that ultimately what it's going to, what's, what's going to be the big decider here is how much of a push is the def defensive line of the Raiders going to make right. here. Um, and we'll know that probably from the first couple of drives that the Bengals, you know, start to play. So yeah. uh, for me, it'll be uh, for me, it'll be more towards an under if I had to uh, make a selection here on the first half and the game. Uh, and then for you, Bengals. Yeah, um, you know, and I'm an underdog better, but so far we talked two games and I like the favorites for both. Um, but I'm with you. I, I would side with the under in the total, um, I, especially the first half. I think that's the way to go. And I know people will be jumping on the over because people like seeing points. Um, people know that the Bengals put up a lot of points. But yeah, I think I think the under is the way to go too. So let's segue into the next uh, game on Saturday night, which me personally, again, I'm very excited for. This is probably my second favorite matchup of the weekend. Uh, Dallas and San Francisco's number one, but the Bills and the Patriots round three. Who do you got? Round three it is, and uh, I, I'm not sure if you go back and just take a look at the past results this year if you're going to get. Uh too much of a, um, a glean into what's going to happen here. Uh, it is the late game on Saturday. Uh, we opened up the bills four and a half that got bet down to four uh, and the total, which uh, we'll probably have a, a good discussion about uh, is opened at 45. It's down to 44. Uh, and I, I can't see this going anywhere, but down. Uh, but um, I, I got a feeling that we're going to be looking at some, <laughs> some real, real significant weather, uh, again, affecting this game. So um, sub-zero temperatures, not too good uh, when it helps, uh, you know, quarterbacks. I don't ever see that really happening. Uh, ultimately, I think that the total um, might be a little bit too low as I think these two offenses are going to be pretty successful doing what they do best, Allie. Yeah. And one thing I've pointed out to people that have pointed the, we the weather again. Yeah. The, the first time these two teams face like those windy condition conditions were ridiculous. I think I bet maybe three or four units on the under in that game, just knowing that it was a sure bet. I think, I, I think it even went into the thirties um, on the, the total went into the thirties right before kickoff. Like it, it was so windy that game. 
But one of the things I've said to my friends that unfortunately a lot of them are Patriots fans because I went to school in Boston uh, is, you know, hey, the Bills, they played in this cold, windy weather before against the Patriots. They had a terrible game plan where Josh Allen threw over 30 times, whereas Mac Jones threw, I think, three times or something right. like that. Yes. I'm like, I think the Bills learned from their mistake. I'm just going to put that out there. And I don't think that they're going to execute a game plan where they're just going to tell Josh Allen just to toss it in the air and try to find Diggs or Glenn Davis or Beasley or whoever. I think that, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the coaching of both the, you know, offensive coordinator, the ball McDermott at head coach. I think they're going to come in with a game plan to attack the Patriots with a mix of the ground. And let's not forget Josh Allen can run. He's not just a, a sit in the pocket quarterback. And I think that's a big X factor for the bills and for the Patriots. The last few weekends, we just haven't seen Mac Jones be this rookie sensation that he was toward the middle of the season. He really struggled down the stretch. And like we were just talking about with Burrow and Carr, quarterbacks making their first playoff start tend to not do great. But he's a little different that he's a rookie making his first playoff start. And I think I also was watching NFL Network this morning. They said, you know, a rookie quarterback hasn't run a playoff game since Russell Wilson. And that was what seven, eight years ago. So I'm all over the bills for this one. Another favorite, but I'm I'm all over the bills. Zigging and zagging. I have no problem with that, actually. You know, the Patriots, they have no difficulty at all running the ball on the on this Bills defense. You know, when when asked to pass, Mac Jones definitely showed some deficiencies in the second game. Uh, you know, and I think that if the Bills just pass aggressively, like you said, I think they win. Uh, I, I do think that the total is a little low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually think if anyone's out there, you know, looking to do uh, individual player props, you know, looking at Mac Jones under passing yards might be a winner pretty much at any number. Um, just looking at the, you know, the the records down the stretch, New England was one and three, Buffalo's four and zero, oh. and like you said, we got to draw a line through that first game. It was you know cold and it was an impossible to use, you know, in this game as a barometer. Um, Josh Allen, like you mentioned, definitely can move the ball, whether it's with his arm or with his legs. So uh, with that being said, I, I don't think I could really back the rookie quarterback on the road for my for me as well. Uh, it's going to be Buffalo for me. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's you don't, you hate to go against Belichick being back in the playoffs. You hated to ever go against Belichick being, when, uh, when he was in the playoffs. But, you know, Mac Jones is obviously no Tom Brady. And um, I know it's probably going to be a hot pick for many to side with the rookie quarterback and to side with Belichick. And it's not like the, you know, people weren't that impressed with the Bills this year. I talked to a lot of my friends that were just like, yeah, Bills aren't as good as last year. And I'm like, well, you know, yes, they struggled against teams like Jacksonville. They struggled against a team like the Jets. But, um, you know, when it, when it comes time to win the big games, they have won the big games all year. We saw them go to Kansas City and totally torch the Chiefs. So this is one of my favorite picks this week is the Bills. And I really like the Bills to go on a deep run and get into the AFC championship game. We'll talk about futures more a little later, but I'm with you. I think that's the hot pick is to take the under and Mac Jones passing yards. I think the rookie does struggle. And, you know, I think that the Bills move on. 
I'm with so, you there, Allie. Yeah. So let's move on to the uh, Sunday slate. Um, not one of the sexiest games on the lineup, but uh, Eagles Bucks, you know, this is a completely different Bucks team than we saw a few weeks ago. Godwin is out, obviously out for the season. We all know the Antonio Brown saga, um, but the Bucks are getting a reinforcement back in Leonard Fournette. And I think that's huge for them. But this was just a game when the spread popped up and I'm not using my bias against the Eagles because of my Giants. But when I saw the eight and a half points, I was just like, Bucks, again, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is the fourth favorite I'm taking. So what do you think? No, nah, nah, I'm, not, I'm not faulting you there at all either. Uh, the thing that jumped out the most here is when we opened up the game. Uh, we opened it up nine uh, and we got some Eagles money early. And it brought us down to uh, to eight and a half right now. The total, however, moved uh, from 49 all the way down to 46. And that's pretty significant. Wow, yeah. All right. So what we're looking at here is um, uh, it's another weather factor. Uh, we're going to see some weather here. Uh, and that's what brought it down. So we moved from 49 down to uh, uh, 48. And then at 47 and a half, we took another significant pop. And so that brought us down to the 46. Yeah. I think, I, so sorry, Ali. No, I was going to say, I can understand that because I think I saw it's like 90% chance of rain. And I have a friend that lives in Tampa. So I've been to Tampa several times to visit her and it rains all the time there. It's beautiful the rest of the time. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a big ground game for both teams. Um, we all know that's how the Eagles have got to where they are, like, with no offense to Jalen Hurts, but that run game behind the combo of Miles Sanders, who's injured, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, um, you know, that's how they got into the playoffs. And I do side with you that I don't think that the total is low enough. I think it could even drop a point or two, especially if the weather is going to be as bad as it is. But yeah, this is just a game, even with the ground game, I'm just like, you know, people as much as they want to talk about the Bucks offense, they discount the defense and the defense is very potent. Their front seven is ridiculous and they're going to be pretty much fully healthy. They were missing a few players the last few weeks, but I just, I don't see Philly having a chance in this one. No, no, you're absolutely right, Allie. And, and I think that's where we could punctuate it. Uh, you mentioned the Bucks front seven. I'm, I'm with you on that a hundred percent. The Eagles are going to have real issues with that front seven. And, you know, if, if you want to beat Tampa Bay, you, you, you know, you don't not run and then attack deep, you know, Philly does not do that. You know, if you want to beat Philly, you attack the secondary and that's what Tampa Bay does. I think actually Tampa, you know, should have gone to 10 mm -hmm. as far as a point spread is concerned. And, you know, if we just look at their record, you know, for the Eagles this year, you know, they've been dominating bad teams. And they struggle against a good one. Just look at their record. They're 0-6 straight up and 1-5 against the spread versus playoff teams this year. Wow. So for me, it's it's Tampa laying points or nothing. Yeah, and I've read several articles. You know, I like to look at everyone else's picks. And people are taking the Eagles. Like, And I wonder if this is just a, oh, we like betting against Tom Brady factor. But for me, this was the one game out of the six where I was like, this is a sure like cover by the favorite. Like I'm not even thinking twice about it. What an opposite week, Ali. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, where's my underdogs? But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's that much more to, to say about this game because, again, the Eagles, they're ha- not that Jalen Hurts is a rookie, but it's also his first playoff start. Uh, the Eagles are a very young team, especially on offense. And I just, you know, one thing you got to say about the Bucks, and I watched their last few games of the season too, they don't lay down for anyone. They don't care if they're blowing you out. They're still marching Tom Brady out there in the fourth quarter up by four touchdowns. And they're running, you know, a a legit offense. They're they're not just passing the ball. You know, they're not just handing the ball off. So for me, this is a no-brainer. This is take the box and just don't look back. I got to agree with you 100% there. And if anyone wants to take a look at the injury reports, which you absolutely have to if you're spending good hard-earned cash, uh, Eagles just have a a criminal amount of players that are going to be out that are, you know, that have been key players throughout the season. Uh, Miles Sanders is now questionable uh, with a hand injury. So if he's not going to be able to carry the ball, uh, he's not going to play. And that's of course, with the possibility of both Jordan Howard and Boston Scott as probable because of, well, like we talked about last week, COVID. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's move on to a game I actually want to take the underdog with <laughs> straight up and against the spread. I'll lay it out. But it's it's again, it, it's the Niners, Niners and the Cowboys. And I couldn't have been more thrilled when I saw this matchup because not only was were the Niners going to be one of my hot picks of the week, but I'm like, oh, I get to bet against the Cowboys with them. I love it. Yeah, no doubt. And this was uh, really not too difficult to game. For us to put up a number on, you know, putting up the Cowboys uh, as a three-point favorite, where I saw some three and a halfs out there, uh, I, I felt very good because I knew, again, as a bookmaker, you kind of have to know, you know, who you're booking to, and you know, again, our proximity to the Bay Area, I knew we were going to get a, a good deluge of Niners money the moment uh, that we saw them win their game against the Rams, and so three it is. Uh, we're pretty well balanced, the, the number of tickets that we've had written so far on this game is pretty much uh, right down the middle, 50-50. And we got about 210 tickets on the Niners, 150 on the Cowboys. Uh, and money's pretty much split, you know, as, as close as it can get as well, uh, you know, as, as early as we are here on Thursday. So, I mean, we, we've seen what the Niners have done, and we know how they can control the time of possession running the ball. Now, Trent Williams intends to play. Mm-hmm. And Maya, they've been doing this without Trent Williams this whole time. If Trent Williams plays, Allie, I think that they can actually go into Green Bay next weekend and even win there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if, if our CEO should be listening to this I was just going to say, I, I, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> can we scratch that? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, our CEO is a big Packers fan. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I said weeks ago that the Niners were, were going to get hot at the right time. And one of my best friends out here is a Niners fan and he wrote them off. And then as soon as that Thursday night game, I think it was when they beat the Rams, I was like, I think they, or Sunday night, no, was it Monday night? I think it was a Monday night game when they beat the Rams. And I was like, they're going to go on a run. They're going to go on a run. They're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be a scary team in the playoffs. And if I'm Dallas, you know, Dallas is another 
team, like you said about the Eagles, they beat up on the bad teams. They have the fortune of playing in not so hot of a division, but they've struggled against the competition this year. I mean, they only, I, when I was writing my blog for my, my picks and I looked at their, their record, they only have a three and five record against playoff bound teams and two or three and, and two of those three wins were against the Eagles. And we just saw them play the Eagles last week. And you and I said, well, are we going to get a, a, you know, a preview of what's to come in the playoffs? Right. And, you know, yeah, they, they totally trashed the Eagles, but the Eagles had no one playing that was of, had like a name on them. So I, I haven't been impressed with Dallas all season and I'm not letting my bias fly there, but I just don't see Dallas as the team that everyone thinks they are. No, I, I, and I could definitely side with you there. Despite Dallas being, you know, the absolute covering champion this year at, at 13 and four against the spread. I mean, let's, let's not take away, you know, their accomplishments. They did have a very, very strong year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I just think that right now with the, the way the tide is in the favor of the Niners and, and the way that they control the ball and the time of possession, I just don't think that Dallas is going to be able to stretch out like they have been and put up the 40, 50 point games that they have been uh, just going to be different, you know, despite them being at home. I just think the Niners absolutely keep this one really, really close. Yeah. And one thing too, and I actually like Dak Prescott. I like Dak Prescott as a game manager. I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but I think he's a solid game manager, but we've seen him struggle at times this year. And one thing that if I'm a Cowboys fan will worry me is we've seen him struggle against good pass defenses. And if he has to, you know, resort to the passing game, if they fall behind, you know, that Niners secondary is nothing to look over they're a tough team, especially in the secondary secondary on defense. So I think they could force a lot of turnovers. I think they could rattle Dak. And I just don't think we're going to see this explosive Dallas offense like we've seen blow out teams like Atlanta, Philly when they're missing their starters, the Giants, the Redskins. Like like you said, I'm in for this game being very close. I'm going to take the points with the underdogs because you never know what could happen. It could come down to that final possession, who kicks the field goal. But this is my upset of the week, hands down. Not going to disagree with you for even a millisecond. Yeah, it's it's just, and like you said, you know, the Niners, that's a scary team to advance. And if I'm the Packers, you know, sitting on a bye, I'm watching film tape because even though the Packers beat the Niners early in the year, you know, what was that week three or week four? This is a totally different Niners team now. And the emergence of Debo Samuel makes all the difference. So, yeah, Niners have it in them to really be a disruptor this offseason. I mean, uh, this pre this postseason. So, you know, I like Jimmy G. I like Kyle Shanahan. I think they could go pretty far, especially, too, if, if they don't play the Packers in the next round. If they play a team like the Bucks, I could see them going toe and toe with the Bucks. And who would who wouldn't love that game to see Tom Brady and Jimmy G against each other? I'll sign up for that every day. Oh, absolutely. So let's go into the final game uh, that we have to talk about. And yes, I get to side with another underdog finally. Um, You know, I live in LA where it's all about the Rams right now. 
Lakers aren't doing so hot. Clippers aren't doing so hot. So everyone's on the Rams playoff uh, bandwagon. But when this line first came out and I seen everyone jumping at the Rams, I was like, not only am I taking the Cardinals with the points, I'm taking the outright upset. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's going to be, uh, you know, again, much pushback on that. We take a look at the results. Uh, from this year, you know, we had the Rams as a four-point favorite in the past mm-hmm. against Arizona, uh, a game that they did win back in uh, December, I believe. But it's a completely different mindset. The, the game's a completely different look. The way they are uh, coming into this, they are uh, sprockets popping completely off of this Rams machine right now with the amount of injuries that they've had to sustain uh, you know, I, I, we don't even know actually if Matthew Stafford's going to be playing uh, right. at a hundred percent with his toe injury. So all in all, I, I got a feeling that Arizona's coming into this significantly healthier, uh, and taking a look at that, you know, it's a pretty nice, you know, juicy number, you know, to catch four points right now, uh, despite them playing in LA, it, it has to be pretty enticing. Yeah. And, you know, when I was also watching NFL network this morning, um, one thing that surprised me that even made me more confident in my pick is JJ Watt has a legit chance to play on Monday night. And if he's healthy enough to play and, you know, go to, and he's able to beef up that defensive line with a hobbled Stafford, I, that just, that's music to my ears. Yeah. He's, he's considered questionable right now. And this was as of, uh, about 9.30 Pacific this morning. So it's just it's just few hours uh, old information. So I, I got a feeling that if he comes up as questionable right now, he's going to suit up on Monday. Again, don't forget, this game is Monday night. Right. Uh, so he's got plenty of more rest. So we could definitely see him suit up and, you know, make an impact on, I don't I, I wouldn't expect him to be there, you know, for 60 snaps, but, you know, at the very least, 20 to 25, and that could make a major impact when, uh, you know, short yardage situations call for him. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not too high. I wasn't high on the Cardinals all year when they started out with their hot start. I said, this is a team that their offense lives and dies behind DeAndre Hopkins. And we seen once Hopkins went down that it was a team that did struggle, but, you know, James Conner is, has had an explosive year at running back and he's really been, I think, probably the most valuable free agent pickup for any team this year. I mean, I think he led the league in rush or led the NFC in rushing touchdowns. And that guy just made all of the difference on an offense where, you know, the first things you think of is the first players you think of is Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ green. And then James Conner is the one that just came out of nowhere and just had an explosive season. And I think going against the Rams, and even though the Rams have a solid defense, I think Connor makes a difference and stretches that game out. And, you know, when you do put it in Matthew Stafford's hands, we have seen him struggle the past few weekends. He's not 100% with his back, and he's prone to interceptions. So, for me, this is like I, – I don't, I don't understand why more people aren't jumping on the Cardinals bandwagon. Yeah, no, no doubt, Allie. And, and, again, let's – just remind everyone listening in, you're going to be handicapping this game. Don't look at just what happened last week. I mean, if, in, in a week, in their, in their last game, 
you know, the Rams lost their last game. The Cardinals lost their last game. But look at their body of work. Look at their form. The Cardinals record on the road this year is eight and one straight up and eight and one against the spread. They just get the job done. They're scoring about 30 points a game on the road and only giving up about 19. They're really, really in top, top, top form. Uh, so, you know, do, do pay attention to that when you're handicapping your games and, uh, you know, do make sure you do all, all your, all your homework and make sure that you've got all your players that are representative, uh, and, you know, playing for you. And so that's why you just take a look at those injury reports just before you put down your money. Yeah. And, you know, the Rams are another team where it's, you know, everyone thinks of Matt Stafford and Cooper cup and yes, cup has had an MVP MVP type season, but. If somehow, you know, the Cardinals, this is the third time they're playing the Rams this year, they find a way to shut him down. And Matthew Stafford has to rely on Beckham or Jefferson or Higby to make plays. I mean, that that's that's not going to work out. That it just it's not. I, I Beckham is not the playmaker he used to be. He's way too injury prone. He's going to be a loose cannon. We the last time we saw him in a playoff game, you know, unfortunately was with my Giants where he had the boat incident the week before and dropped two short touchdown passes against the Packers. So for me, I just think this is going to be a game that people are going to be surprisingly shocked with. I don't think it's even going to be, you know, a very head-to-head game the whole time. I think the Cardinals come out hot. I think they go up early and I don't think they look back. Allie, very nice. You're giving out some, uh, alternate point spread possibilities here with the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up alluding to it. Yeah. I would, I would lay points with the Cardinals. I'd, <laughs> I'd easily lay, you know, at least a field goal on the road and everything. And I was even shocked when you brought up their road record, you know, eight and one, like, wow. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Um, I do like, I, I do like Kingsbury. I'm excited to see what he can do in the postseason. And, you know, like we were saying with Josh Allen earlier, Kyler Murray can destroy you on the ground game too. So if the Rams, I mean, if the Cardinals can turn in these long drawn out drives where they really wear down Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and the Rams defense um, and Matt Stafford has to start throwing to play from behind. This is a guy that I think leads the league in pick, pick sixes behind Trevor Lawrence. So for me, yeah. I'm doing alternative spreads. I'm taking the Cardinals and I'm laying points. Fearless. <laughs> well, there's my two underdogs. I know, I know everyone's <laughs> like, you took four favorites. I was like, well, I was saving the two underdogs for the weekend. But um, yes, yeah, so and I'm glad we, we recapped all these. We have a few minutes left. Um, so while we are talking playoffs, so we can be on record for the next few weeks, who you got coming up in uh, the AFC and NFC championship games, the matchups, and your Super Bowl pick? Oh, my goodness. All right, Ali. Uh, okay, so AFC championship. Let's do Buffalo and Kansas City. Ah, oh, you copy me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, how about... No, actually, now that I'm looking at my um, my my bracket, I actually have Buffalo and Cincinnati. Okay, good. So we aren't the same. Yeah, there we go. Okay, how about back to the NFC? 
Uh, I, you know, I'm boring. I, I, I took the bucks and I took the, uh, the Packers. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the rematch from last year, but as much as I like the Niners, um, yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't pull the trigger. I think they go hot in the game against Dallas. And I just, it's hard for me to take Jimmy G against Tom Brady. And then if they play the Packers, it's just, it, who knows what that weather is going to be like in Green Bay next week. So I had to go with the with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. <laughs> had to. I like that. <laughs> um, I am going to go with the Niners and Tampa Bay. Okay. Right. Good. So how about uh, your champ? To Green Bay, Mark. I know Mark will be happy with me. I'm not trying to score any points in my CEO, but – I'm one that I, you know, if you go back and look at um, my preseason pick for the Super Bowl was actually Green Bay versus Buffalo. And I'm going to stick with my preseason pick, Green Bay versus Buffalo. Back in week 12, uh, right as they were coming to form, I said, this is the team. This is, if I was going to put any equity in a future market, it was going to be on them. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the futures looking like at uh, at the sports books right now? Like, what 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 teams are getting the most bets? What do you think has the best value? Just, just as we speak, I actually just saw two more pops for uh, you know some some nice prices uh, on the Niners. Two individual tickets just came across. Uh, so it's it's the Niners. Very very. We, we got a pretty decent liability on the 49ers if they win. Um, followed by the Bills. Mm-hmm. And then the Cardinals. So we're, 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 we're a very good winner, actually, with the usual suspects, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Pack, uh, and even, well, yeah, even the Rams, we could say. But, yeah, we don't want the Niners here, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. And you kind of saw that coming, again, just based on where we're located. But um, I think if you're looking for any value, at least here with, uh, with what's remaining, I mean, if you – bet the Buccaneers before last week's game, you could have still gotten 11 to one. Uh, you know, right now uh, we're down to eight to one uh, Packers are four to one. That's about the, the, the correct market price. Right. Uh, based on where we're at right now. So we're four to one, uh, but that's currently it. If you're looking for a, a real shot right now, perhaps uh, uh, you might want to take a look at the Bengals who we have a 28 to one. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the Steelers all the way up at 75 to one. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I think you make a good point. I think, I think the Niners and I think the Bengals, if you're going to put a futures bet, you know, yeah. Like if I, I'm not a big futures better, I'm just not, it's like, I feel like you always put in your bet, you wait a few weeks and then the worst is when you lose and you're like, I waited all this time just to lose. But, um, you know, if I'm going to put any money on futures with the value, I do, I'm with you. I would put it on the Niners. I would put it on the Bengals and see what happens. And you're not going to get, you know, this is the best odds you're probably going to get with the biggest payout. So I think that's good advice to our listeners. You know, go put some money on the Bengals and Niners if you feel confident in them. Um, they're two young teams. They're two you know, I don't want to say too much too young for the Niners because they were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. But the Bengals are a very young team. But, you know, we've seen stranger things happen <laughs> in the Super Bowls the past few years. So 
if you want to take a break from betting Rogers and Brady and Mahomes, I, I'm with you, Robert. Those are really good value picks. I will, I will never, ever, ever fault someone for taking a price. I'll actually uh, cheer it in and uh, champion you every step of the way. Yeah, I, I'm right with you on that. And I, I'm really excited for the postseason this year. I think we have you know, the majority of the right teams, you know, there's a questionable in the AFC. I think that I would have enjoyed a lot more seeing a Chargers Chiefs matchup than a Steelers Chiefs matchup. But, you know, you can't have every every good thing in the books. And just to go back to that game, you know, before I know both you and I were like, eh, stay away. It's, it's a double digit spread. We don't know what happens. But how many times, Robert, have we seen games where people totally discount one team because they shouldn't have been there, and then they pull off the ultimate upset? Every time. Yeah. I'm like, and and you know what? I say it every year because I'm doing a confidence pool too. I'm like, you know, I fall into this trap every year. That's why I'm like, I'm not betting the Chiefs money line. I mean, a spread. I'm not betting against their spread. It's like that could be a game where, yeah. It's what everyone thinks. It could be, you know, a total 28 point blowout and, or it could be next week. You and I are talking about, wow, big Ben's playing another game. <laughs> in his career. Yes, we might. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we got. Um, and before I let you go, I want to congratulate you too on winning the Zen sports confident uh, pool this year um, for the regular season. Thank you. It was, uh, it was quite fun. Uh, again, you just go ahead and, and you handicap it the best you can. Uh, once you find a game that you really want to circle the uh, horses around, go ahead and just do it. You know, and, and this way you, you become a better handicapper. Again, find what you really, really like. Stick with it. You know, your, your first gut is almost always the correct one unless you just are uh, dead wrong on a game, which uh, has happened more times to me than not. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback <laughs> on that and say, I can't tell you the amount of times, like I'll make my picks earlier in the week, Sunday morning, I'll wake up and it's like, something's like makes me change it. And then I always regret it. Always. It's you're right. Go with your first instinct nine out of 10 times. You're right. So that's all. Well, you know, I'm just glad that we're, we're able to have a forum here for everyone. And, you know, at the very least, you know, give them some information that we hope that you haven't thought about or heard of yet. Yeah, that's that's the best we could do, because, you know, it's amazing. I, I tell people all the time, you know, looking at some analysis just based on the game without no betting or spread or money line points is one thing. But when money's involved, you find all these little tidbits about the game that you would have never thought to look at ever. And it, it's good information to have and it's really good information to follow. So hopefully, you know. We said a few things that'll inspire your bets and hopefully our listeners will win some money this weekend. So anyway, thank you again, Robert, for joining me. Um, Love to have you on again next week. Maybe Uh, we'll see how the games play out and I hope everyone enjoys wildcard weekend this weekend. Loved every minute of it, Allie. Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.